0: An infamous and influential family in a wealthy New England town finds their only daughter dead under suspicious circumstances. Naturally, attention turns to her best friend, Avery Greer, an unconnected wannabe with a suspiciously tragic past. Will the truth exonerate Avery or unearth secrets long hidden by the most twisted and influential members of her circle? The book... The Last Guest House by Megan Miranda and you're listening to Lit Society. Let's Let's get get lit 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 And this is Alexis. And you're listening to Lit Society, a podcast about books and drama. Alexis. (laughs) Well, two things. First of all, if you don't know readers, the first episode of every month is a video podcast, but we decided to do a bonus. This (laughs) one. And you can see Alexis is hype and ready to go. It's going to be a great show per. So um, this episode oh. is also on YouTube where you can see our
1: faces, you guys. So come on over to YouTube we and say here. hi. Mm-hmm. Hi. And don't forget to say hi to Sharkeisha. Yeah, Sharkeisha okay, is that plant y'all have made. Y'all are
0: really worried about Sharkeisha, the fiddle leaf fig tree that Alexis is killing. But you
1: know, um. Oh, no, <laughs> I heard that. No, she is not dying. She is actually happy, very happy. Y'all go to YouTube and
0: tell us how long y'all think that plant has to live. Oh, um, no. so Alexis, how you been? <laughs> She ain't gonna
1: make this. Well me and Sharkeisha are well. Okay. All right. We're doing well. Alexis is cute today,
0: y'all. <laughs> She's always cute. But today she looked like she just got off the um out the quad, chatting mm. with her other uh, sorority friends. And me, okay. I'm the old lady teacher
1: that minds the books. <laughs> no, no. We came together today with a little pink for the world, okay? Thank you,
0: Fred. Uh, but you look gorgeous. Let's move Thank on. Thank you. Okay. I love when our (laughs) show gets going and we go right into that theme of the week. You know, we ain't going to waste y'all time. We know y'all here for the business. So each week, readers, we choose a theme to discuss inspired by the book we're reading. And this week, the theme is, are you ready? I am. Airbnb and the dark secrets they make go away. Oh, yeah. Allegedly, allegedly. So, you guys, I don't know if you've heard about this. Um, June 15th, so a few weeks ago, Bloomberg, who sometimes their articles be like, "Mm, I don't really know. But they published an article (laughs) titled, Airbnb is spending millions of dollars to make nightmares go away. Now, I want to ask you, Alexis, uh, have you ever used Airbnb? Yes, ma'am. Several times. Can I say where? Uh, Or ask?
1: Tennessee and I can't remember what the other one I've done it twice okay I don't remember okay so it was
0: local though like in the states no
1: no oh in the states yes yes okay oh no I used one in London Airbnb in London wait you used one in Cuba with me oh (laughs) oh, wait (laughs) I used it in times cuba london tennessee yes i have used them yeah
0: you made me remember so disclaimer i am a huge fan of airbnb i've used them stateside i've used them in spain cuba um portugal i've used them a lot okay and i i like the feeling that i have a home I don't do those shared places, but, um, where you have the entire place, it feels like a home away from home, you know? Yeah. Uh Um, and what I like to do if it's an extended trip, then I'll, um, sprinkle in hotels, but for the most part use Airbnb. So when I don't feel like, you know, um, cooking or washing my own sheets or I want to come home, quote unquote, to a made bed every night, then I'll use the hotel. But otherwise, I'll book Airbnb. And, you know, people have been tripping about the prices lately, but that's the main reason I use them. Because I feel like what you get, if you get in like a really nice apartment that's like yours, mm-hmm. that's like the price is incomparable. You're, you're going to get a better deal with Airbnb usually. Um, so I say that to say uh, are there are some news? dangers. <laughs> There are some dangers, you guys.
1: Yeah,
0: we've all heard Airbnb horror stories. Um, things like the host. No, well, first of all, there I think there was one in Chicago where the place did not exist. Five star <laughs> rated on Airbnb, but it actually was an address. If you drove to it, it was it did not exist, and it was no. really hard for people allegedly, allegedly to get that listing removed because Airbnb is really on the side of the host. You know, they want to. Uh, ask the uh, one doing the renting, the short-term renting, you know, work it out with the host. You're running for your life because the host tried to stab you. Well, first, before we refund you, was there anything you could have done to maybe talk to that host and see where they were coming from? Oh my goodness. I kid you not. This is what people uh, saying at Airbnb did. So um, yeah. So Bloomberg did this investigation and some things about it. I would like to point out um, now. This investigation centers around a very triggering um, situation that is not alleged. It actually happened where someone was assaulted in an Airbnb and it was in New York during a time. I don't know if you can get an Airbnb in New York right now, but New York has been like battling Airbnb. Um, And this is a trend that most big cities go through where. Big hotels are like, if you allow Airbnb, we are either gonna remove our hotels or we are going to, you know, fight you in some way. They can um what do you call it where they legally get money together to make decisions in the government? Oh, 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 um
1: oh, on the tip of- do, they do, usually do it, do, it in. they do. usually do it in D C uh, Lobbyists.
0: Yeah, so lobbyists. Thank you. Um, There's mm-hmm. big money in hotels, and they can affect real change, real governmental decisions. And so this is during a time when New York wasn't too cool on Airbnb. They weren't outright illegal, but short-term renting and leasing was frowned upon. During this time, there was a very, um like often used airbnb a a condo building that had airbnbs a lot of owners were doing this because it's a great investment um and you could pick up the key at a local bodega so the local corner store would hold the key for you Well, a girl went to New York with all her friends. They picked up the key at the bodega. No problem. They went out and then she came back by herself to pick up something. And before she knew it, a man had overcome her. And I won't go into details, but they're very, very startling. Um, That situation ended in about a $7 million settlement um, Mm. between Airbnb and um, the renter. And to this day, that whole key situation, how did he get the key? He didn't break in. He got a key. And the reason that the cops caught him in this case was that after he assaulted her, he came back and he had stuff on him like a comb, I think one of her combs and some pictures. So, um, yeah, they caught him, but he had a key. Um, So when things Hmm. go horribly wrong during a stay, the company's secretive safety team jumps in to soothe guests and hosts, help families and prevent PR disasters.
1: Excuse me. How are we soothing guests and hosts? Please explain. So um, I want to talk about
0: this. Um, and if you think Airbnb is doing all that they can, first of all, what do you expect from Airbnb as far as safety is concerned, your safety?
1: Well, I expect that they would have thoroughly checked out to the best of their ability, the person hosting. Any background checks, I think that would be pertinent.
0: So they do background checks, but you can be arrested for something and not prosecuted.
1: So what? So what? I think this is a situation in which people need to be. The standards are higher. Yeah. So if you have a a criminal, not yet prosecuted, whatever the situation, if you have a situation in which you've been prosecuted for a matter, even if your charges are pending, you need to hold all rentals on your stuff. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah, because lives are involved, right?
1: Mm-hmm. It's so too risky.
0: The morning so risky. after this New York City incident, a call came through to Nick Shapiro. Do you remember Nick Shapiro?
1: <laughs>
0: yes, you do, because he, is a, he was once the deputy chief of staff for the CIA under Obama.
1: <laughs> okay. It's okay, so Nick. serious
0: at Airbnb that um, Shapiro was two weeks into a new job as a crisis manager for the company when the call came through. Oh, the White House vet was working for Airbnb's crisis team. That's how serious they are. Um, And his job. I mean, again, what do you expect when something drastically just traumatizing happens like this? They're not law enforcement. They're a crisis team and their main interest is to protect the company. What do you think they usually do in these situations?
1: Well, certainly reach out to, I I guess I wouldn't expect much from them. They would reach out to and, you know,
0: cooperate mm -hmm. and
1: cooperate in any way that they can. Always at the top cooperating. Uh, Apologies uh, where appropriate Um, and just help and support. If there's a matter of um, refunding, give people money back. I don't even think that should be in question. So the the fun thing was bad.
0: The fun thing about a capitalist uh, culture that loves litigation is you never apologize. Yeah. <laughs> you never I, say, I, I'm sorry. As soon as I
1: said that, I, I remembered it. Mm-hmm.
0: Because that is saying that I accept fault in some way. So it's a right. very cold process. And overall, what they seem to do is throw money at people. So they'll put you and your friends up at a five-star resort. <laughs> um, you know, fly
1: you back home first class. Thank you. All of that. I would expect it. I would want that and work
0: with the police as much as possible so as to not implicate themselves.
1: Okay, but if we find out you implicated, you implicated, so. So this
0: <laughs> this, um, this safety team goes through a lot for the company, and I don't just mean throwing money at these victims um, in real and, you know, solidified proof this happened and alleged cases, but also they hear the worst things, things that don't even make it the news They hear it nearly every day
1: (laughs) and that causes
0: mental strain on them. I mean, it's a worldwide company, so it's not necessarily happening all the time. And overall, um, people are very happy with their Airbnb stays. Airbnb is overall a safe um, option because overall people aren't hurting each other. But we know that um, it only takes one person to ruin your day and stick with you for the rest of your life. Create a situation that never leaves you. Um, so in the early days, you could just call one of the co-founders if you had a problem and then they would fix it. <laughs> it wasn't until three years in, after more than two million book stays, that the company faced a big security crisis, a big safety crisis. And in to- 2011 in San Francisco, a um, uh, host returned to their home to find it ransacked, destroyed. Um, Her guests had trashed trashed her clothes, burned her belongings, smashed a hole in the closet. Yeah. And Airbnb was like, what you want us to do? And she was like, oh, what do I want you to do? Twitter? Twitter? Do your job. <laughs> and then this like campaign started on Twitter. It was terrible PR for Airbnb. And they ended up settling um with her. And now they have in place um a 50. First, it was $50,000 like damage guarantee for hosts. But now it's a million.
1: So, so I would think. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Finish no, if there's out.
0: damage to your property, they'll reimburse you up to a million dollars.
1: Yeah, Reimburse me. No, just pay. And then you go after the. The customer, the person that came into my home and destroyed it in such a manner. So they
0: can't go after anyone because they're not law enforcement, but they can ban them from the platform as much as possible because that person could always get a friend who is still on the platform to book for them. So it's I, tricky. I mean,
1: when I say um, go after them, I mean, sue them for a reimbursement and uh, they can do that.
0: But how much is it worth to Airbnb? Then it gets out that Airbnb is suing Alexis because she destroyed Kari's apartment. And then the story becomes Airbnb host comes home to find their apartment destroyed. Whereas Airbnb could just pay me for my inconvenience as they see it and you leave could do it that. alone. Well, that's could do that. That's the option they usually choose because they want to stay out of the press as they grew. So did the number, though, of dangerous incidents. And it's. I mean, including assaults of the sexual nature. Many of the crimes taking place inside of these short-term rentals. Um, but in some case, even the host was like the perpetrator. So in one October 2011 incident, an Airbnb host in Barcelona um, applied to American women with alcohol and then assaulted them. When the women went to the police the The next morning, the host threatened to upload videos of the attack to the internet. If they didn't drop the case, according to local media, police searched his apartment and found hundreds of similar photos of other victims. The man received a 12 year prison sentence and Airbnb was, you know, they declined to comment on the story they paid the two women an undisclosed amount and banned the host for life. Now, people see this as a problem. The risk seems too high to some. If a million people have pleasant stays, but then um, 200 are either physically attacked and then 10 are murdered, people like, whoa, <laughs> I don't know about this Airbnb. However, devil's advocate, how many people are murdered in hotel rooms? How many people are attacked? on their way to a hotel, followed. Um, so what can we do to be safer um, within our Airbnb stays or short-term rental stays because Airbnb isn't the only company out right. there? What right. um suggestions do you have, Alexis, that seem to have worked for you?
1: Um, so after the initial meeting of the Airbnb host, I, I like don't need to see you anymore unless there's an emergency. Please have a contact and i try to rent from um women or couples or have somebody on the other side that can um kind of check the scene the area if that's at all possible yeah um that has worked for me and um yeah and i i kind of do a check for equipment recording when i come into my airbnb uh, unit um yeah, those are just a couple of things that stand out. It's been so long since I've traveled. <laughs>
0: I know. Yeah, this is a, but people are traveling again. So yeah, I hope are. this conversation is helpful. Um, one thing I like that you kind of touched on is when I can pick up my key without a human involved. I loved mm-hmm. lock boxes. Now, um, to me, anybody can go out and duplicate a key. So I really love electronic entrances. If you yeah. have a code for me to get in and you can change that code and you confirm you change that after perhaps every visit, I feel more comfortable with that. Also, if I'm just traveling by myself, I am not booking an Airbnb. I am always booking a hotel. Um, If I know I'm going to be out late, maybe a hotel would be the best option. Um, And then lastly, always check the locks. Look in the smoke detectors for cameras and microphones. Look under your lampshade. Really, you know, be James Bond about your level of (laughs) espionage detective work to do all that you can. I mean, yeah.
1: There are like videos on um, TikTok that mm-hmm. show how to check those things out for there's like, especially if you travel along women travelers and safety checks and men travelers too. When you're traveling alone, yeah. safety checks, the things that you can do, like Kari mentioned, checking the, the, the lamp, the mirrors, the smoke detector for recording devices of any sort.
0: My um, colleague once told me how they had a beautiful Airbnb in Mexico and um- it was like levels, a penthouse, gorgeous, beautiful skyline, just wonderful. Um, at night, him and his friend were watching a movie in the bedroom upstairs, like some old black and white, which is weird because black and whites can kind of creep you out, even if it's not a scary movie. you just get a feeling like, "Ooh, I don't know." <laughs> but anyway, uh, they was falling asleep, and he opened his eyes, and a man was standing over him with a duffel bag. And um, because the, the friend he was with was a woman. He felt he had to, like, risk his life. So he said, you know, get out of here or whatever. And the man ran downstairs and out the door. But first, um, like, kind of bucked on him, like, it's going to be me and you. And then he decided it wasn't worth it and left. Um, so I say that to Thanks. say, you know, check your locks, too. Um, but they I did. Mean. They did check their locks, and apparently, this guy had a key.
1: <laughs> yeah. So there's. So you can never be like a hundred percent. Like no neighborhood in America is just or anywhere is that safe. You cannot run from danger. It, if it's going to come, it's going to come. So, but you can be proactive about your safety measures.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I hope that was helpful. Anything you want to add, Alexis? <laughs>
1: Um, You can be proactive (laughs) about your safety measures. That's what I would like to add. Yeah, And I think that's important. And and again, if you're staying, you, you know, it could happen in a hotel too. But you still need, like, not saying your key number, your room number out loud. Right. Or making sure they write it down and don't say it. So anybody that's standing around listening is not getting your key number. So just... So
0: she's talking about when you are checking into the hotel. That is a great tip. Um, Sometimes, you know, just innocently, they might want to say your room number out loud as they're writing it down or let you know, hi, you are in room 302. Enjoy your stay. Nope, you can give me a new room right now. Thank you. And we don't need to say it out loud. That might seem a little too paranoid. It's not. It's not. (laughs) Especially if you're a woman and you're traveling alone. Also, some of these um, really ritzy, like, um, boutique hotels like to put your room number on the key now, like back in the day. That's dumb. <laughs> that is uh, dumb. That means when uh, I take my key out to find my wallet, you now know where I'm staying and which room I'm in. <laughs> That's dumb. Um, So things like that. Basically, consider everyone a suspect and, you know, trust no one. All right. right. You want to take a break?
1: <laughs> yes, please. Okay, let's do it. <laughs>
0: Cutie. <laughs> Can you give us some background on our author and perhaps their inspiration for The Last House Guest?
1: Nope. Not really. But I will tell you what I do have. Yeah, please. <laughs> it was very little information out there about her. Um, maybe I'll try harder next time, but I like really <laughs> was looking and I didn't see nothing. Okay. Megan Miranda, our author, grew up in New Jersey and she graduated from MIT where she studied biology and anthropology that's and so interesting. she won awards in bioengineering don't ask me wow but that's what she did tell she us more in a, about that th- didn't i just say don't ask. <laughs> yes go ahead <laughs> she worked in the field of biotechnology for several years before becoming a science teacher to guess what high schoolers wow this woman and her life i applaud you Many times over. Her first book is titled Fracture. It was published in 2011. And um, today's book, The Last House Guest, is her 10th book and it was published in 2019. She started off as a YA author but now writes best selling adult psychological thrillers. She lives in North Carolina with her husband and two children. And she has a new adult suspense called Such a Quiet Place that'll be released in July. Well, thank and you that for that, is Megan. Megan. Do you Miranda. have
0: do you have perhaps a brief synopsis of her book? No spoilers.
1: All right, I do. I do. The summer is ending, and it's time for the annual plus one party. It's being hosted at the Loman home by Avery Greer, with permission from the Loman siblings, Parker and Sadie. It seems impossible to enjoy the party with an assortment of little fires that need to be put out. A broken window, a power outage, Ellie Arnold falling into the pool, the couple fighting, and Connor? Finally, a visit from the police revealing the suicide of Avery's best friend, Sadie Lohman. A year later, Avery finds a missing piece of information that brings Sadie's suicide into question. Kari, who do you think would read this book?
0: Um, if you like the idea of rich people suffering and um, <laughs> and uh, wealthy e- equaling wrong and evil, um, then you'll love this book. And what about you, Alexis? What were your first thoughts of The Last House Guest?
1: Oh, you know, I'm always interested in a new author. And this is a um, wreck that I had early on when I... um. When we started the podcast. So, um I like the cover. I and like the so- cover a lot. I love the colors. I was actually just about to say that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I like the cover. And so, the cover was like, <laughs> you look like you would be a nice book to read. Right. Yeah. You look
0: cute. I like mm-hmm. that. Judge a book by its cover. Let's normalize that. All right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, without further ado, let's get into a spoiler filled deep dive. Actually, no, I'm going to not do spoilers since the book was released oh, in 2019 and I'm going to keep it uh, confined to just some information about the book.
0: So, listeners, you may be familiar with this. this is a new thing we're trying where we don't spoil books for you, especially those new books. So last week's episode was Joe Secret. That's Old as Dirt. We spoiled that book. But this book was recently released. So we are going to stick to the main chunky plot points and try not to give away the ending. And yeah. without further ado, Alexis, it's all on you.
1: Oh, here we go. Picture <laughs> it: end of summer, 2017, Littleport, Maine. It's the annual plus one party at a Loman pr- rental property, the Blue Robin. It's called the Blue Robin because the top of it looks like a robin's nest. That's what they said. I think. It didn't have the best view. It was tightly packed in by Evergreens, which helped prevent the owners of the nearby B&B down the road from noticing all the activity. The Plus One Party is the party for the people who stay from Memorial Day to Labor Day, the weeks making up the summer season. Plus One. This party has no caterers, no hostess, no bartenders. Instead, an assortment of leftovers from visitors emptying the liquor cabinets, the fridges, and the pantries. It's a night of excess. A long goodbye until the next season. There's no guest list. If you hear about it, you're in. <laughs> Everybody doesn't hear about it. The party typically included the college age and up. And that's because like, school-age students needed to give back and um, college early early college students. Needed to get back as well. And then the parents, they needed to get back to work. Both locals and visitors attended this party. Avery Greer is the property manager at Loman Properties and close to the Loman family. She's the host of the party. Mm-hmm. The Loman family includes parents, Grant and Bianca Loman, and then siblings, Parker and Sadie. Mm, they got a love hate relationship. They love each other because they're related, but Parker gets a lot of attention. So, you know. <laughs> anyway, Parker has a girlfriend. Her name is Luciana Suarez, and they call her Luce. So Luce is dropped off at the door while Parker goes and parks the car. Parker, Park, This is going to happen a lot, okay? Avery asks where Sadie is. Sadie, sister of Parker. And Luce tells Avery, I think she's still packing. Avery calls Sadie right then. No answer from Sadie. Luz tells Avery, Parker is parking by the b the b the breakfast, what is it called? Yeah, b b bed and breakfast. Yeah, I was thinking Airbnb. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the brain. Anyway, Parker was parking by the B&B so he can get out easy. But Avery is like, he shouldn't be parking there. That's the whole point of hosting it here. So <laughs> it doesn't bring attention to, you know, what's going on. The Lowman family, let me tell you a little bit about them. They're known as, um, they live in their family home and it's called, it's like um. everybody else knows they call it the Breakers, but it's the Breakers. It's reference, um, references the home's proximity to Breaker Beach, which is nearby, and the level of wealth that the Lowman family has. And mm-hmm. the home is ginormous and looks down upon the whole town. Now Parker arrives to the party about 30 minutes later 30 minutes after um, loose, Avery asks, where is Sadie? And Parker says, she told me not to wait for her. So stop asking me. Avery knew Sadie. <laughs> sister again is Sadie. Yeah. By <laughs> Avery knew Sadie hadn't missed a plus one in years. They started coming together to these events six years ago. Avery began to think, Sadie's not coming. But what did she get dressed for if she wasn't coming to the party? And what else would she be getting ready for? That don't make sense. I mean, what's going on? <laughs> anyway, Avery text Sadie one more time with three question marks, but still she gets no response. Avery assumes Sa- Sadie is on the way. Okay, so a few things follow. One, the party is happening. It's underway. So as Avery makes her way to the door, she... You know, she's moving about the party. She's the host and she is the property manager. So she got to make sure all the stuff is together as it should be. So she's paying close attention. She walks past this little drinking game that they're playing. And a quest- and they see her walk up and they're like, mm, we're going to get her. Key, key, key. <laughs> and one of the players, Greg, he's a jerk, <laughs> but he's also interested in Sadie. And so he asks where Sadie is. And Avery's like, not with you. <laughs> <laughs> jokes on you! And he responds, "Well, she's probably with that guy from town, Connor." <laughs> and Connor is Avery's old boyfriend. So she's like, "Wait, what?" Mm-hmm. But she don't give it mm-hmm. away. You know, in her mind, she's like that, but she's not gonna give this jerk like the benefit of the doubt. The to satisfaction. Her, like, the satisfaction. <laughs> she's not giving it to him. So right. he then asks. What does Avery do for the Lomans? But that's the question on the minds of everybody in Littleport. After Avery's grandmother died, the Lomans purchased her grandmother's home, helping her out by giving her a job and a place to stay. They let her stay in the family's guest house. So they got this big old home, a billion dollar home, and they got a nice little guest house on the side. All right. And she is living there. Everything they paying her rent. She's not even paying rent there. She is living footloose and fancy free. So during this <laughs> transaction, though, she wait. No, over... she works for them. She like yeah. so that's how she pays. N- no, but she doesn't pay the rent there. Is what yeah, I'm she saying. Does, yeah, she is living footloose and fancy free. She does <laughs> work a job, and it's hard work. But all the money she gets paid, that's her money.
0: Oh, that yeah, that's true. She still gets paid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Her payment is not the home. Right. That's all I was trying to say. Okay, fine. Anyway, <laughs> during this transaction, she actually overheard Grant, the father, the Loman father, say, it's the right thing to do. Well, she always just assumed that meant taking care of this needy young person. Mm-hmm. People wondered, though, if she was somebody's love child and there was rumors a-swirling all over the community. You hear me? <laughs> Avery never responded to such questions. So what'd she do? She walked away. Okay, we still at the plus one party, y'all. This is the summer of 2017. We're doing it. She walks away from that and then Luce walks up. That's Parker's girlfriend. She comes to get Sadie and tells her, look, there's a window broken. (laughs) The window facing the backyard is like almost broken. It's fractured like a spider web. Through the window, Avery could see Connor. Now, y'all remember Connor from the previous comment? That's her old boyfriend. Something on that a little later. She sees him arguing with somebody, because she, but she cannot see who it is he's arguing with. They're kind of like in the shadow. So Luz leaves Avery and then goes to Parker. She's like, I'm going to go try to fix this window. Then as she's heading over to Parker, all the power go off. The music, the house, light, everything. They in like complete darkness. And the people start turning on their flashlights on their phone. You know, very clever. And Avery <laughs> um, moves through the crowd to address the power outage. And she hears a scream and everything stops. <laughs> Just like that, girl. Mm-hmm. People um, is like wondering what's going on. And then somebody yells, she's, she's all right. She's all, she's all right. Okay. She's good. Ellie Arnold had fallen into the pool. When Avery asks what happened, Avery's, excuse me, Ellie's clothes are soaked. She's trembling. And Parker says, she couldn't see. I mean, it's dark out here. She lost her place and she fell. That's it. And Ellie said, somebody pushed me. You better stop with that lie. And so Avery's she, like,
0: remembering everything Sadie used to say about that girl, like she loves attention, so
1: exactly. Did someone push you or are you bored? <laughs> like, really. Ellie coughed <laughs> and sobbed, and Sadie's like, Ellie did say she was an attention seeker, and she's Sadie, quite mm-hmm. annoying. Sadie. Ellie is the attention seeker. Sadie always said it. Also, the pool is like four feet deep, so she wasn't in no real danger. <laughs>
0: Also, I just want to interject, please fill your book with two syllable names. That makes it really easy for everyone to keep track of who's who. It doesn't. (laughs) That's the answer. Parker, Connor, Avery, Sadie. Uh, (laughs)
1: It's too much. Junebug, okay. (laughs) Now Junebug, I could keep up with. That's true. So Avery was more worried about the screams. That meant if the scream is out, then the neighbors probably heard it. Their business is now officially in the streets. Somebody going to be trying to call the poll to come to the house. And that ain't, you know, it ain't good. Oh, so,
0: Avery has three syllables.
1: Sorry, go ahead. Avery, yes. Ellie's friends came to her rescue. Parker, Avery, helps her get inside. They give her towels to dry her off. Um, Avery also takes this opportunity to restore the light by um, getting those circuit breakers. Avery then returns to help with Ellie, giving her a robe. And then Parker comes to help. And he's like, they in the bathroom. And they're cleaning up all the water off the <laughs> Y'all floor. Y'all please go
0: to YouTube and see <laughs> Alexa's face as she's describing <laughs> this plot. It says it all.
1: And he's like, Do you think I'm a good person? And she like, what?
0: Real random. Yeah. But he's cute. It's so left field. But when cute boys say dumb stuff and it's like introspective, it's like, Oh, I have to reassure you because you're cute.
1: <laughs> they were alone in the bathroom. The door was closed. This man got a whole girlfriend. Okay. Avery had always been drawn. And by drawn, I mean attracted to Parker ever since they met. And Sadie told her not to get involved with him, she said, no, don't do it. And she was like, oh, I'm not, I I wasn't going to do that anyway. But ever since she said that, she was like, I do think he's wonderful. Yeah, now and that was, you
0: told me not to date your brother, I kind of really want to date your brother.
1: Exactly. And Sadie and Parker, they weren't the closest siblings. There's that, I mentioned earlier, sibling rivalry type of thing. But there's like also this thing where he's got a scar and she's always talking about it. Like she's made to be the bad guy. Parker is catered to and Sadie never lives up to her parents' expectations ultimately. Mm-hmm. But there he's telling her Parker is selling... Um, Ellie, that he's probably going to marry Luz and have children, but he has his arm wrapped around Avery asking if he's a good person. Now, does that make sense to you? Mm-hmm.
0: If you're entitled and, like, attractive, mm-hmm. maybe.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he tells her, oh, somebody is looking for you. She's so like, oh, okay. Well, because of Ellie's scream, Avery figured that someone would call the police. I mentioned that before. It turns out, though, that um, the guy that's looking for her is Connor. Connor, but what is Connor doing here? She ain't talked to him in years, you know, years. And he's following behind Sadie. And he following behind Sadie. Mm-hmm. Their relationship is strained, but he touched her shoulder. She's like, well, don't be touching me. Uh, their <laughs> friendship and their relationship ended after Connor had found her on the beach kissing some other guy but they had been friends since youth and connor said if you had wanted me to see this your mission is accomplished but you could have just easily said to me connor is not going to work out and she followed behind him like she broke off kissing the boy and followed behind him to say oh connor is not going to work out she thought Trying that would to be funny to... <laughs> you... why does she think that that's I dumb that was cruel do you hear me cruel i tell you hmm <laughs> Again, friends since youth. And Avery had heard um, so she hears something while she's talking to Connor hit the floor. And so she needs to break away and go see what that check that out. Avery then goes um to see what the noise is, and then she finds a woman in the bathroom, and then she hears the bang again, the walls rattle. The the wall is hit so hard that the mirror rattles and the woman hears it too and she said oh that's the second time that happened i don't know but she could also hear avery could also hear these um low voices um the growling avery went toward so the, the woman voices.
0: who was like that's the second time it happened she literally walks away avery <laughs> avery is like well i'm responsible for what happens because i'm kind of like the property manager she um, is so, a property manager yeah so let me go open this closed door <laughs>
1: Would you do that? No, I don't open do? closed Just... doors.
0: <laughs> I would follow the girl downstairs, and we would like grab a cocktail and go chat.
1: <laughs> no police call, like police. There You're are no- a loud noise. There are loud noises going on. I hear slamming Alexis, on the floor. You know what has to
0: happen for me to call law enforcement to a party that I'm having? Oh, a uh, death. <laughs>
1: that, that is important. That are is you important. Insane? Y'all oh. stop that now. Yell out real loud. Y'all stop that now. I don't
0: care what you do. And I'm they walking go down away. I love walking away. That's my favorite thing. Huh? What happened? <laughs> I'm walking away.
1: <laughs> well, she heads towards the noise because that's what she did. Okay? Mm-hmm. She's the property manager. And she opens the door and she sees Luce. Who is Luce? That's Parker's girlfriend. It seemed like they're having a little fight. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it's 300 people in this house and this is the longest night ever. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> so Avery asks if she's okay and Luz responds like, "Um, you would know better than me. And then she walked away. Oh, and no, I thought she, she said, away, I've
0: never seen so many liars.
1: Yeah, she walked away and Parker comes out and he's like, let me explain. And then Luce said, what Kari just said. I ain't never seen so many liars in one place. Parker accused the woman of being drunk. He accuses his girlfriend of being drunk and that's why she's speaking that way. That's why the noise is going on. This is all a problematic situation.
0: Okay? So at this point, I'm thinking Parker... Is beating his girlfriend and flirting with Avery, who's his sister's friend. Um, also, all these wealthy children—they're not children. It feels like a teen party. It does. They're like they're in like mm-hmm. their twenties like and early thirties, even. Um, and uh, yeah, it's not that. So, mm. and no one seems to be having fun at this function.
1: <laughs> so it was everyone same. is like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just like for the drinking, especially purposes.
0: the reader. No, just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Stepping on the final verdict.
1: <laughs> Let's get into it. So then, finally, the police arrive. Remember, this is the summer of seven twenty seventeen, and we at the plus one party. All that stuff didn't happen. People ain't really having a good time, as Carrie mentioned, because there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on. People get knocked in the pool and crying. And stuff. <laughs> then the police finally arrive and they ask to see Parker Loman. And Avery thinks it's about the screen, even though she's Parker, um, she's the um, property manager. She, of course, gets Parker Loman because his family owns the property. But instead, they tell Parker that his sister was found dead, washed up on the beach. And absolutely all the three of them, that's Luz, Parker, and um, Avery, they all in shock because the police believe that she took her own life. And Avery knew Sadie was reckless, but she didn't think Sadie wanted to die. So after questioning um, the three of them and a couple other people, oh, Connor, they questioned Connor because he was there, they learned that Sadie left a note And when they saw the note, they were like, okay, well, it makes sense that she would have taken her own life. Hmm. Hmm. In Avery's mind, Sadie wouldn't have done that. And like, who, how did they compare this note? What is that based on? So she, they have her service and, you know, life goes on. A year passes. It's a year later and Parker is um, wherever he is. I think they like hang out in Connecticut or something. I don't know if he got a job or what.
0: I don't He's, think he, I think his job is the family business, which I'm not sure what that
1: is. I yeah. I'm not sure what that actually is, but he comes home. They're going to plan the family rem- memorial, excuse me, the memorial for his sister, his sister, Sadie. And, and, So there's this committee meeting like the next day because Avery is like, what you what you doing here? And he's back for that. And he's he's living in the family home. And again, Avery lives in the guest house of the family home. So Parker asks Avery to assist with the committee um, that's planning this memorial for his sister. And he wants her to like write something up about Sadie, get a good picture and um, and Parker really wanted somebody on the committee who knew Sadie and Avery agrees. She agrees to help. But on this committee is like this detective, like the detective that was investigating the murder. And she was like, why? Who was he and why he here? Mm-hmm. He don't know Sadie. How all these? How How is he on here? And he didn't even know Sadie, you know, not even really connected to the family. So what's his gig? But he says he does a lot of community work and this is part of his community work like stuff. So one evening while she's chilling with um, Parker at the house and drinking and whatnot. And Parker's, you know, he always be trying to come on to her. She'd be mm-hmm. like, settle down, back up off of me. That's what she said. Yeah, because the whole uh, the whole thing about dating
0: him was to do it behind her best friend's back. Because her best friend was his sister and her best friend didn't want her dating. But now that the best friend is dead, why date him?
1: <laughs> yeah, It's just like, why? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like pointless. So one evening, um, one of the guests gives her a call and he's like, listen. And they're actually staying at the Blue Robin, which is where they had the plus one a year ago. And they complain that somebody had been in their house. Like somebody is like, in the house and ransacked it. And she was like, but did you leave the door open? She wanted to ask him, but she chose not to. So, but she was really questioning that. And so the following day, they come back to the unit again, and it's a whole bunch of candles lit. And they like, we don't like candles. And in fact, I want out of this contract. We got a couple of days left. Give us our money. We're going to stay at the B&B up the street. I'm out of here because this is too much going on. I feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. When people feel unsafe. They need to protect themselves. So she's like, OK, well, I don't know what's going on. I'll check that out tomorrow. But that evening, the power goes out and Avery senses that somebody is watching her, the house, like something is going on. Every It doesn't feel OK. Something is happening And besides the fact that the candles were burning, she like, they probably left the candles on, but okay, I'll check it out tomorrow. So the next day, Avery goes to check out um, the Blue Robin. That's the house that the guests were staying in. Um, And they believe somebody was in the house. And when she arrives, she notices that the candles are still lit. And then when she gets there, she's like, yeah, I guess that makes sense that they wouldn't have lit these candles. It just seemed odd to her so she starts she decides to clean up a little bit and kind of prep it for the arrival of um the cleaning crew because the next group will be renting it out soon um so she decides to pull out some fresh blankets and in this bin she notices a phone and the phone looks familiar the phone actually belongs to sadie she found it a year later a year later But wouldn't Sadie's phone have been washed up in the ocean? This doesn't make sense. What would Sadie's phone be doing in the house? She never came to the party. Did somebody bring the phone there recently? Huh. It's all very odd. The only thing that was left from Sadie being um, jumping was her gold strappy sandals. And she saw those on the cliff.
0: That I thought was explained well, because there was the suspicion like, is there foul play? Was Sadie ever pushed in the water? But the fact that her sandals was on shore cemented the idea that she jumped on purpose, taking off her sandals ahead of time. Mm -hmm. That was a little detail I thought was pretty good.
1: Yeah. And Avery and Sadie had the same phone because they were besties. Right. And so she could use her phone because this phone has been here at this point it seems like it's been here a year it's not it's um dead the battery's dead so she needs to charge it to restore the power and so she um she does that she takes the phone to her what what did i call it to her home and Mm -hmm. um she charges it up and she looks through the pictures to see what's on there she's like it's a landscape picture it's a picture of um it's a picture of uh, Luce. It's a picture of Parker. Um, you know, it's it's a few pictures in there. It's not a lot on the phone. Like her stuff is all cleared out, which is odd. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a picture of her and Connor. Well, they're not together, but it's her taking a picture of Connor, and she can see Avery can see Sadie's reflection in the in Connor's sunglasses. So she's like. Man, they were together. Why would she have gotten with him? That's odd. That and not tell sense. me, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because we know everything about each other. Why? Why would she do that? So that she finds that shocking. But then that is like the beginning of a new line of thinking. Somebody hurt Sadie, and she is determined to figure out who hurt Sadie.
0: And Sadie has likely left clues uh, to lead her. To whoever the culprit was.
1: Yeah. So at this point, at the introduction of that fold, do you have an idea? I'm sorry, I got it. Oh geez. No, you're fine. <laughs> at this point, do you think it's um clear that something suspicious has occurred?
0: At this point, I have already lost interest. <laughs> so, um, I I was more along for the ride like I have to finish this book. I'm not invested in who did it. <laughs> but somebody did it. So I guess we'll see who did it eventually.
1: Eventually. <laughs> 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 But that's all I happens. gotta say is thank
0: you, Audible. Thank you, Libby, for your audio formats. <laughs> Otherwise, we could
1: not get through some of these stories. It'd be impossible. It'd be impossible sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, that's it, you guys. That's all I'm gonna talk about in the book. Ooh, that's good. A, I'm gonna leave that taste out there for you. Oh, what's Let's... your palate? Oh, you know they at home
0: listening. Like, oh, I can't wait to dive into this nonsense. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so, Kyrie. You got the identified suspects and I kind of tried to present that to you and the things that happened over the course of the night. Does anybody stand out to you as a um, possible reason to take Sadie out? Um, I am definitely, actually, I'm lying.
0: I do think it's Avery at this point. You do um, think it's Avery. Avery's weird. I don't like her, which you don't have to like the protagonist, but I don't like her. She's like she's too involved in these people's lives and I understand that she has some trauma in her history however I felt like uh as a character why is everything she does so contingent on what Sadie did why is Sadie the catalyst for every action taken by our protagonist Avery um so I'm thinking yeah Avery's a murderer well
1: but then Kate Avery Sadie came to her at a time when she was at her greatest need. One of the things I didn't talk about is the death of her parents. Her parents
0: oh, I didn't know if he was holding on to that as a spoiler.
1: Mm, I'm gonna go with it. Um her parents had died um, I don't know, several years prior, maybe, and then her Grandmother died, so she who has, was her caretaker who Yeah. became her caretaker. So she's got this trauma, and at the point that her grandmother died, this woman pretty much lost it. And Sadie came comes in, befriends her, takes her in as her own, and she feels like she is like being cared for and protected. And so I think mm-hmm. that's why um she puts so much on or Sadie is like checking on Sadie, Sadie this, Sadie that. They be, really became close when she lost everything. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think she did then.
0: Okay. Okay. I can see that. So who yeah. at this point do you do you think did it?
1: I was thinking Avery had killed her. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we both on the same page. We've decided the protagonist is also a murderer.
1: <laughs> yeah. She's like... Um- I think she did like she had Mm -hmm. killed her and whatnot because. um,
0: And she's finding all these clues that no one else found.
1: Nobody. Nobody. How are you getting that information? And then you like holding stuff back. I don't think that's Mm -hmm. right. Why are you just not telling the police and whatnot? And
0: later on, there's even evidence in her vehicle. And I said, oh, yeah, 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 she did. Yeah, that's like for (laughs) sure. Why she ain't telling
1: us? Now, that's one of those scenarios where like the um, narrator is keeping something from you.
0: Yeah, I Unreliable know. narrators Which I love And then I perked up A little like Oh Our narrator is Unreliable Yay Like
1: how is she Telling this story Like she don't know What happened Is mm-hmm. she gonna tell her? Cause she had been drinking Like mm-hmm. one of the things They kind of apply Is that she She's a drinker She be drinking she be Mm -hmm. drank. Maybe
0: to deal with her trauma. That's what she does. And then I thought um, all of these topsy-turvy twists she's supposedly taking us through. I thought, wow, this is genius because the author is kind of revealing to us the unstable nature of this protagonist. And we're now a part of the story because we have to step back and say, no, Avery, that's not right. That can't be right. Avery, what are you doing? No, Avery. Otherwise, we're a victim of her like delusion yeah and I was like oh that's kind of interesting yeah <laughs> full stop I'm not gonna say nothing <laughs> else about that because <laughs> we're avoiding spoilers yeah we're avoiding spoilers so at that note let's take a quick break okay let's do it
1: And we're... Woo! so, Kari, I'd love to hear your final uh, verdict <laughs> and whether or not you would recommend this book.
0: OK, so you made a little comment. I don't know if you know you did it. At the beginning of the show, you were talking about the party going on, the plus one party. And you said there are all these little fires that have to be put out. I don't know if you did that on purpose, but this book reminded me a lot of Little (laughs) Fires Everywhere. Yeah, I did it on purpose. You did? Uh Uh Uh-huh. You should be a writer. (laughs) Because apparently anyone can do it. (laughs) Um, And this book also was like one of the Sunshine Book Club books, like a Reese Witherspoon pick.
1: Oh, right. That's it just is. a
0: side note. Mm-hmm. I actually um have loved a lot of books on Reese's list, including Where the Crawdads Sing, our mm-hmm. first episode. But I digress. Instead of telling you what I think, I'd like to read some reviews off of Goodreads that embody how I feel. <laughs> That's going to be fun. Please go for it. Go for it. The first is from DNA, and she says, Reading this is like reading wallpaper. (laughs) Thank you, DNA. Very eloquent. The next is Lisa. Lisa says, I hated this book, absolutely hated it. The motive was weak, and I couldn't stand the narrator. Worst book I've read all year. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. Now, I would never say this about a um, book, but at least I can read what other people thought. Shania says, one of the worst books I have read in years, do not bother. Thank you, Shania, for putting into words how I felt. Um, lastly, Crystal. Crystal says, why I didn't enjoy this book. Number one, it's too slow. Number two, the writing style is weird. Three, the characters were unlikable. Four, the setting was confusing. The story itself was a decent mystery, but it was just badly written. Nothing to rave on about and certainly not a page turning thriller. Sadly, I have now lost interest in Reese's Book Club. (laughs) (laughs) I thought she was going to say I lost interest in books. And that would be a justified conclusion.
1: Yikes.
0: Okay. So this is the thing. And I will tell you, it's not, you know, maybe um, Miranda is our author,
1: Megan, Miranda, Mm -hmm.
0: Megan Miranda has done something um, a lot of us have yet to do, publish a book. In fact, she's published 10 of them. She's obviously very intelligent from the the summary you gave us of her life. Mm -hmm. Well studied, well educated, intelligent, determined woman.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So I am not trying to um, put down our author at all. Great job. You obviously know what you're doing. For me, this book was like being on a road up a mountain and there's a lot of twists and turns and dangerous like hills. And then you get to the top and there's another road. And you're like, oh, I thought I was at the top of the mountain.
1: Was the so worst. you
0: get on that road and there's more twists and turns. And then you get to the top and, you, and there's another road. And at some point you got to just say, you know, I would just go down the mountain and go home. Because <laughs> the point was to get up the mountain, not to just drive on a road that twists a lot. So I say all that to say. Um, why did the parents die? <laughs> why did the parents die? I mean, I get that, I guess. Um, and then when you find out who did it, you're like, "Okay, I would not recommend this book." <laughs> Alexis, <laughs> before I start rambling, can you please tell us your thoughts because you're always so much more insightful? And you can be like that. It ain't even that serious. So please tell us what you thought and would you recommend this book, The Last Guest House or whatever it's
1: called. <laughs> the so, last house guest. So I can not say that I I can't not say that I wouldn't recommend it because I just actually recommended it to somebody. Oh you But did. I hadn't I hadn't read the book. I mean, I was in the process of reading the book.
0: Girl, I be recommending <laughs> books I ain't read all the time. That's
1: fine. <laughs> If I know it's like, it won't hurt you to read it, yeah, read that book. So that's what happened with that. But I got to tell you, I was bored out the wazoo reading this book. It just seemed like it was going Mm. on and on. I was just like, this ain't even really a long book. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like taking a really long time. I feel like there was a lot of information associated with each incident. And it's like, but why? Mm-hmm. could I but why
0: and I would say maybe take it to the beach and read it but I don't want you to fall asleep and drift on off into the ocean <laughs> and we never see you again like safety <laughs> <laughs> And then I was like, wait a second. Is the writer trying to pull one on us and Sadie's alive? So I was really trying to see what the writer was doing. My thoughts were always, what is the writer doing? Why is she doing this? And why did the editor allow this? There must be a reason. I'm not seeing.
1: Yeah, that was the thing. And then like when people were going, the little things that were happening, like the candles being lit, I was like, is Sadie?"
0: Watching. Wait, Alexis, please tell me what that had to do with anything what What did the candles in the house have to do with anything?
1: So the woman that did that was like, i I want to distract the people and make them feel unsafe, like invasion of their personal space, so they don't want to stay here anymore. That was
0: dumb. <laughs> that was so I didn't care for it, and I just gotta say because I'm starting to feel icky you know what um Megan Miranda you're awesome I know you're not listening to this little show what is this um and the audacity we have even to review your book I mean you're a scientist you're an anthropologist I
1: know I know so
0: like,
1: literally I'm unqualified who cares what we
0: think I'm nothing I'm a copywriter
1: so I'm not even like a real writer. So And I don't even pretend to write. I just read. So Yeah, but you're like a legal professional <laughs> and like a huge And I didn't even like a, life. Di- but um <clears throat> honestly, Megan, I didn't like reading this one, but I would try again. I would. I'm not ashamed. I would try you again. would read this book again? Another book. I would give her another. Oh, chance. I was
0: about to say insanity is doing the same <laughs> thing over and over and expecting a different <laughs> result. This isn't a good book, I would
1: say. I- it's bad. I didn't I didn't. I didn't enjoy it. At one point I was like, could we know? <laughs> could you just tell us? Already? Just tell us who did it already. <laughs> could you just tell me? <laughs> I just
0: want to know. Cause I'm tired of reading. And you shouldn't feel like that in a mystery. You should feel, oh, oh, taking along for the ride. Not like, well, just tell me. What did I do to you that you were doing this to me? <laughs> why are you torturing me so I gotta go to sleep it's 3 in the afternoon but your book done made me tired I I have to finish this book (laughs) I have to write about it this is a book where if we didn't (laughs) if we didn't have a podcast it would have been did not finish
1: did not finish cause I got a whole shelf of those as well Yeah. okay Mm -hmm. cause that's it and that's my opinion I did refer it but I didn't read it, the whole thing. But
0: when you referred it, if you had read it, you probably wouldn't have referred it. And these are just our little opinions.
1: Yeah, but I would, you know, share them my thoughts on the book and then let them make their own decision. Yeah. So that happened. And
0: that's it. Okay. All right. And on that note. (laughs) Okay, Alexis. So what are we reading next week,
1: girlfriend? (laughs) We are reading Outliers. by Malcolm Maxwell, Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm <laughs> Gladwell. That's what we're you doing.
0: Coming, coming yes, Maxwell, Malcolm Gladwell, outliers, a great anthropologist, um and his book uh that talks about people who Find success by putting in the work, not by chance.
1: It's a great book. Did we read another one of his books before?
0: Yes, The Tipping Point. Okay.
1: I enjoyed The Tipping Point. So. Yeah, we
0: didn't read it on this show, but before our podcast, we started a real life book club and that was one of the books we chose. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, join us next week, readers, for, again, that's Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Thank you for listening to Lit Society. We'll see you next Thursday. And for real, you guys, um, read The Guest House. Maybe you'll love it. Tell us what we're missing. We're open to, you know, our eyes being cleared of uh, being opened to the greatness that is this literature. Yes. So. Yeah. So. Mm hmm. Lit Society is brought to you by Alexis Anaria and Kari Herrera. Support the cause by leaving a five-star review for our show on Apple Mm Podcasts along with a comment about why you absolutely love us. We love love you too. too. If you've enjoyed what you've just heard, tell a friend about Lit Society. Visit LitSocietyPod.com for show notes, this month's book list, and to sign up for our amazing email newsletter. And visit LitSocietyPodShop.com to shop our merchandise including our hand-poured candles. And until next time, you guys... Read something.